Hey, hey, you're listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast, episode 53. Today we are talking all about personality-driven copy with Amy Williamson from Damn Right. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back. Awesome to have you here as always. Now, if this is your first time, my name's Suze Chadwick. I am your host, and this podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange, where we help you get confident to build a bold brand so that you and your business aren't swimming in the sea of sameness. And today, I'm super excited to have Amy Williamson from Damn Right, that's Damn with a W-R-I-T. She is a copywriter with a lot of personality. She's a little bit evil as well, which is how she has positioned herself. (laughs) So make sure you go check her out. All of her details are in the show notes. But today we're talking about personality-driven copy and copy that converts as well. So two weeks ago, I posted an episode on brand personality and how to find your brand personality. So these two episodes go really well together. I think, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. I think that what a lot of business owners struggle with now is how to bring themselves into their copy, whether it's writing a social caption, whether it's writing a sales page, which we're going to talk about, but really letting people get to know you, but also potentially using a persona if you're wanting to have a different brand voice to what your own voice or tone of voice is as well. So we're going to be talking about that today. I know you're going to get a lot out of today's podcast episode, so make sure that you have a notepad and pen, or if you're in the car or walking, you can always come back and re-listen to it. But without further ado, let's dive in. Amy, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. Um, I have been following you for a while now and I have always really loved your brand and the way you talk and the way it looks and your quirky personality. Um, And I know you talk a lot about personality-driven copy. So I really wanted to dive into this because I think that it is something that is really important at the moment in the business world. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> um, okay, so personality driven. We'll do a cut there. Okay, we'll do a cut. Okay, so before we dive in, do you want to give us a little bit of background on you, your business, like how you ended up where you are right now? Sure. Um, so, like all good businesses, it was a maternity leave thing. I think that's such a common story. Um, Took time off my job to have a baby and realised that I didn't want to go back. (laughs) Like everybody, yeah. Exactly. It just, it's, it kind of forces you to shift your priorities. So during that time, I started a product-based business, which not a lot of people know. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. What was the product? I was making earrings out of polymer clay. They were the most boring earrings ever (laughs) it surprises me because you're not a boring person oh thank you 
Um, the one thing that did apparently stand out was the coffee. So when I closed it down and I kind of announced that, someone got in touch on Instagram and was like, oh, it's such a shame because you write such good copy. And it was like this light bulb moment of like, hang on, that's a thing that people could pay me for that I could do. Like clearly I'm not cut out to make boring earrings. For the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it just all went from there. So jumped And so that. had you written copy before? Like, had you, like, is it something that you enjoyed in your business when you were doing yes. it? Absolutely. And looking back, that was like, I'd always had a thing for branding in terms of like, I always saw the visual side of it and never really thought twice about the, what goes beyond, goes on beyond that. Like the, um, the actual personality and you know, the copy, the words. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So kind of, it all just gelled and yeah, it got to, it just, it was, it was that light bulb moment for me. Amazing. That's so good. And so had you written copy for anybody else or done anything else around writing before you did it for your own business? No, not at all. Yeah. So yeah, I jumped into an online course from there, found like a masterclass in copywriting, bought all the books, did a lot of learning and yeah. Amazing. And so why do you think personality driven copy is so important and before we even get there what is personality driven (laughs) so it's using your brand personality to inform the way you show up in terms of your voice when we're talking about copy like the tone the word choice the way it flows like all of that it's just it comes down to personality just like in real life like the way you interact with people it's all based on personality and I guess why it's important is it's, I think, especially in our small business world, you know, quite often the person who is behind the business is the personality and that is going to be one of the biggest selling points. Like like that's how you stand out. That's, it's you. No one else can be you. So grab onto it and use it to your advantage. Amazing. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, I talk about this as well all the time is that we are attracted to the people behind the brands, yeah. you know, like it's the people that you see on Insta stories or when you read their copy or yeah. whatever it is that makes you laugh or makes you really engage or kind of, you know, takes you away into their story or whatever it is where you kind of come back for more. Yes. And it's that connection. Like we're all just looking for human connection. It's not necessarily the product or the service. Like that's all good, but it's the connection with that person that's going to make all the difference. Yeah. And then if you want what they're selling, then they're an obvious choice for you because you like them. Yes. So that's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, good. That's great. And so let's talk a little bit about it. So obviously we've just talked or given the definition of personally personality driven copy and some of the reasons why businesses should be using it. But what is the what's the struggle at the moment? Because like why are people finding it hard to either find their voice or a way that's unique in the way that they communicate? I think a lot of it is actually fear. So I find like when I've spoken to people either on Instagram DMs or clients, mm-hmm. there's this fear around kind of almost making themselves look bad or unprofessional or silly. They like, and especially a lot will um, talk to me and be like, oh, I loved your copy on your website, but I couldn't do that. And it's about kind of getting over that hurdle 
also, I think adapting it, you know, not everyone's the same. So it might be a case of that's not going to work for their business or for um, their brand. But, you know, it's, yeah, you do have to overcome that fear of, and, you know, you know, the corporate speak thing. <laughs> I do. I know it well. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> have to try and dig myself out of that hole so often. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think a lot of people do. And it's kind of, it's almost like flipping a switch off and going back into human mode. Awesome. And so today we're going to be giving some tips on how businesses can tap into personality based or driven copy uh, and how they can use it across the different elements of their business, whether it's website or socials or whatever else. So what are some of the things that you think it's important for them to know? Yes. So to start with, I would define your brand personality. So getting super, super, super clear I cannot stress that enough. You have to be crystal clear on your brand personality. What does it sound like? What does it look like? Uh, One of the tricks I use is to personify a brand. So basically, if it was a person, if it was a real life human, what would it wear? What would it say? What would its favorite song be? Like, literally, it sounds silly, but you want to, yeah, make make it a real tangible thing. And it's going to help you then bring that to life via words. Yeah, it was really interesting. I don't know if you know them. There are two girls in the US and they've got a website called The Skim. And basically, have you heard of them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've seen them like they're, I mean, they're huge. Their brand is huge in the US and that. And they they deal with providing real world news to like millennials basically. And they were talking a lot about brand voice because people were like, "Is, is The Skim your brand voice and they said no we created a persona of this girl and we were like where does she go out for cocktails at night who is she hanging out with on the weekends because their tone of voice is quite irreverent especially when it comes to the fact that they're serving up what is usually serious news around government or whatever else but I thought that that was really interesting so I think that a persona is a really interesting way to go, especially if you struggle with whether your brand voice is you, like are you the persona sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like an alter ego, kind of like Beyonce. Like she's got her alter ego, Sasha Fierce. I think everyone knows that these days, hopefully. Um, And it it can be really powerful. If someone like Beyonce needs an alter ego, ego to step into, to go out on stage, it's okay if you need that to show up in your business as well. Like, It can be you, but personally, I like to dial it up a little. So I'm not necessarily like I am online in real life all the time. Like I'm sure my husband and my kid can attest to that, (laughs) but it's still a version of. So it's not put on. It's not fake. It's just like a, it's, yeah, it's turning the volume up on it. Interesting. I like that. Mm. And so for people that, are struggling to find their brand voice and it's interesting because I think it was I should have checked either the podcast before this one or two before this was actually a podcast on finding your brand voice oh I listened I loved it (laughs) yeah well I got a couple of people whose brand voices I like in different industries to tell me how they do it as well because I think that if you enjoy writing and you do find storytelling easy then sometimes you can find your brand voice a lot easier if you speak a lot or share a lot anyway. But for yeah. people who don't do it a lot, I think it can be hard. 
So when you talk about the persona, how do they decide what that persona is going to be? Like how do you kind of decide this is the brand voice that's going to fit this business? Yes. Okay. So there's a few different ways you can do it. I, when I first started out, I, um, I just listed out personality traits, the way I wanted my brand to be perceived. Um, things like bold and funny were really important to me, entertaining. Um, because for me, I was like, I like to be entertained and that's how I want to show up. So getting clear on those, you know, top three, four, maybe five personality traits that you want your brand to embody and think about how you want people to feel when they interact with it. So that's such a huge thing. Like, do you, how do you want them to feel? That's yeah. (laughs) Um, Also another way you can do it. If none of that's working for you, I also use brand archetypes, the personality archetypes. Um, I find them really helpful for clients to get clear on here's this, um, basically this character that your brand embodies. And there's a list of like strengths and weaknesses and common words that they would use and would resonate with them. Um, that can be a really good shortcut for people who are struggling. And when you talk about archetypes, are you talking about the typical brand ar- archetype, like the romantic, the yeah. rebellious, the oh, yeah. lover, the, like all that? There are some standard brand archetypes uh, that that people use that embody their brand and a lot of large corporates usually align to one of them as well. So if you Google and I'll put it in the show notes, brand archetypes, you can go and take a look at that as well. Yes. Super helpful. So I think there's 12 all up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I find it's, it's a really good shortcut, especially for those people who are just like, you know, it can almost be overwhelming if you're like, you want me to sit down and create this person basically. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I was like, if somebody's sitting there going, I can barely like create my own tone of voice, how am I going to yeah. create this fictitious yeah. person or persona? <laughs> how do I do that? Yeah. Well, that's, so that's a good start. Okay. So write down the personality words or just how you want to describe it. Take yeah. a look at brand archetypes to maybe help you as well. Is there yeah. anything else around that? I think strengths and weaknesses is a big part, like knowing your own personal strengths and weaknesses, especially in a service-based business where it is one-on-one. Um, and a lot of my brand came out of that. To be what honest. do you mean by that? <laughs> so kind of knowing, actually, I, I actually took one of my weaknesses and kind of not really dialed it up, but turned it into a quote unquote strength. So I, I can maybe I'm be- giving, I'm giving Amy a stage look. You can't see it over, over the audio, but I'm like, what is it? So one of my uh, character traits, personality traits, is that I can be a little bit blunt sometimes, maybe a little bit too honest. Yeah. And I knew that if I was going to be working with clients one-on-one, that that might come out. Like I definitely, you know, I don't, I, it's all with the, there's definitely good intentions behind it. But said with love. Said with love, exactly. Said but at the love. same time, very straight and to the point. So I was like, that needs to be a big part of my brand personality because I don't want clients to be shocked by it when we're working one-on-one. So it needs to come through in my social media, my website, everything else, all the other touch points. Because then they know and they're choosing that they're happy yes. to work with somebody who that actually is gels be with, with them. them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It resonates with them and that's what they want in that interaction. 
And just on that, I think generally it's just really important for your brand and for your business that you are authentic in how you show up because you want people who choose to work with you. See, I have clients that constantly say, I needed my butt kicked, so I came and I worked with you. And obviously I do it with love as well, yeah. but they know that I don't, like, hold any punches. Like, it's like, do the work or, like, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think that that's important as well. Yeah, exactly. It absolutely is because it's also a really good tool for attracting those clients that are going to like working with you they're going to get the result because they liked working with you because they resonated with that, with your brand personality and your voice first up. And you're also going to repel the ones who may not be a good fit, which is just as important. Yeah, absolutely. It was really interesting. I did a, um, there's room for us all, a post the other day on Insta saying yeah. that when you don't, when you lose a client, be grateful because they oh, obviously absolutely. weren't right for you. And I yeah. think that I think that this is something that a lot of people struggle with and I think that having great copy and a strong brand personality and voice can really help you to sieve through the right clients and, like you said, attract the right ones so that the ones that aren't right for you, well, you know, there's somebody else for them. Yes, absolutely. There's plenty of work to go around and there's, I kind of view it the same way if I get an inquiry that I'm not, not really feeling like I just don't feel like it's going to be a fit, I very happily will pass them on to another copywriter who will be a good fit for them. Yeah, same. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. So we've defined either our persona and we've identified the brand personality traits. Yes. What's next? Next I would actually shift the focus onto your customer, your target, your prospect, whatever marketing word you want to use for it, the person that you're trying to connect with and reach. Um, so I like to do a lot of research in terms of like getting to know that prospect. Um, you want to know basically like their pain points and their desires and, um, most importantly, what's holding them back, what's keeping them from not only taking that next step, but from those desires and those dreams, like what's in their way and how can you help them move past that? So important. And so how are you... Well, how, how are you doing the research? What sort of research do you like to do? Obviously, talking to them is always a good start. Yeah. But um, what, else, what else can you do to find that out? Talking to them is always going to be the number one preference, but it's not always doable, obviously, because um, you will get a lot more info there. You can kind of follow the little trails. But if that's not available, I recommend that people survey their audience as well. You know, a simple three or four question survey can give you a lot of answers, a lot of insight. Um, and, you know, you can also, you'll find out stuff about your product or service that you didn't even think. You may find that this one feature of it that you thought was kind of like, it's good, but it's not really a highlight is something that people really enjoy. Like that's why they keep coming back. Yeah. And I found, uh, like when I started my business, I did like an ideal client survey with like five or 10 people or whatever, just to try and find out what the pain point was and where they would go to try and find a solution. Yeah. Like I was just, it was just, I come from a recruitment background, which I've shared yeah. before. So I, that's what I do is ask a million questions, but it's really good if you can speak to them because then you can probe further. It's like, if they say, yeah. well, 
you know, I've got this problem, but I wouldn't really look for a solution for it. Then, you know, it's not really a massive problem. Whereas yeah. it's like, well, I've tried five different things and I was looking online and I can't find what I'm looking for. Like, you know, that it's enough of a pain point for yeah. it to be potentially a product or service that would pay for, et cetera. So yeah. I think that conversation is actually really important. Yes, it's definitely worth making the extra effort to actually get on a video call or a phone call or meet in person um, wherever possible. And yeah, yeah, still survey your list if you've got one, but yeah, you're right. You're going to uncover stuff in that, that you won't get from written responses. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that I did it, this was quite a while ago now, but the way that I first did it, if you're wondering how to is for example, because I'm a business coach and I work to support women to get more confident with their branding, Uh, I just dropped a question into like Facebook groups where there were a lot of women in business. And I said, I'm just looking to speak with five people just for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. If you struggle with feeling confident when you market yourself or feeling confident when you build your brand or whatever it is. And I had loads of people respond. Oh yeah, you would. (laughs) (laughs) Cause everybody seems to struggle with it. Everyone's struggling. (laughs) So, um, so I think that, you know, just think about if there's an easy access to an audience like that online, uh, you can even ask a question on your Instagram feed or in an Instagram story. Yeah. 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 Do a poll, ask a story, ask a question in your story, um, on your website or inquiry form or after they make contact, like these are all points where you can probe deeper and find out what were they struggling with that why did they reach out? Like what, what is this big issue that they need solved? Cause nobody's reaching out for no reason. They, there is a pain point there and they may not even be aware of it. So it's trying to get to the bottom of it for them. And so how do you then use that? <laughs> ah, so it kind it can inform the copy as much as you, it is your personality and all of that. Um, knowing which pain points to press on and when, knowing the benefits that people get from working with you or from your product. Um, And also like just knowing what they need to hear where they're at right now. So that stage of awareness, that moment in time, that thing they're struggling with, what do they need to hear to help them move past it? So this is something I struggle with. Yeah. Is knowing how much to write, knowing (laughs) like when to stop, how much to cover? How deep do I go? How many bullet points do I give you about the problem you're having? How many bullet points do I give you about the benefits of working with me? Right. Like it could go on for days. And I'm okay. just like, I don't know how much to give. That is such a common question <laughs> and such a common problem. Like I think there's even copywriters who struggle with it. So first up, if copywriters are struggling with it, nobody should feel bad about it. It's a common thing. We all want this like magical framework, a blueprint of like, if I do five bullets, that mention benefits, then this will convert, but it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, I felt better and now I don't feel better. <laughs> I know, sorry. I, we were actually, I was chatting to a couple of copywriters about this this morning because it's a case of, it is subjective. There's context. Like it depends on where that prospect is at, their stage of awareness as to how far they have to travel along their journey to convert. So in terms of how long, I'm always going to go with shorter is better because attention spans are pretty, pretty short these days. I was literally about to say she (laughs) should give more in case they need 
more information and ah. then blew me out of the water with that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's my personal preference. But I agree that I agree that people are time short. Yes. So it is that it's like, but if I, what if I don't give enough? What if it's too exactly. Like what is so little? Hopefully in that research you do, you can kind of get to the bottom of that. Where are they at? Like, are they an unaware prospect that doesn't even know that they're struggling yet? Or are they aware of their struggle, but they don't know there's a solution? Or are they what is called a most aware prospect where they're ready to buy? Like someone who's most aware they're you just get your fans. Yeah, yeah, just pop a button in front of them. Yeah. It, <laughs> like, where buy. do I buy? Yeah. yeah, they're your raving fans. You don't need to, like, give them bullet lists. They're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And obviously, like, we, when it comes to copy and sales funnels and things like that, I guess it's just looking at when they eventually, say we're talking about a sales page, when they eventually arrive to the sales page, then they should be at, you know, product aware that yes. they're coming, they understand what the problem is, they understand what the solution is, and now they're aware of your product, so they're now on your sales page. Yeah. So it's just, I guess, doing the work around those sort of first three steps, isn't it? Problem yeah. aware, solution aware, product aware. Yes, exactly. And so, when, yeah, once they get to that sales page, I mean, sales pages are usually still fairly long. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is also to do with skim readers. Like you'll notice, I don't know about you, I've bought many online courses without reading the whole page. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm the same. Yeah. Because like normally by the time I get to the product page or the sales page, I'm probably like 50% at least there. Like I know yeah. the person, I like them, I trust them, I know that they could potentially solve my problem. So yeah. now I'm checking out the price and I'm checking out some of the details of the course. Yeah. I'm literally just checking, like double checking that it's a fit for me. Yeah. That's what those people are doing on the sales page. They're still long. They grab the skim readers. And just in case, I guess, people haven't read the emails or whatever came before properly, um, just to have all that information in that one spot because uh, there will always be those fence sitters that are having a look. Mm. And so just with that, um, what do you... Have you seen sales pages change over time? Like I kind of feel like the sales page three years ago was potentially a lot longer than what it is now. And I know that people's attention spans are less. So so I guess my question is, which you probably can't answer, is how long should it be? <laughs> as long as it needs to be <laughs> to move the prospect forward. <laughs> is that a good answer? Yeah. Is that what you want to do? <laughs> Is this where it comes down to conversions? It's like how many people landed on your page? I actually, okay, so I had a client I reached out to. She's launching again and I did an email funnel for her a few months ago for her last launch. And I was like, oh, how's the launch going? And she said, we're getting more people opening the emails, reading the emails, clicking through to the sales page, and then it's falling. And I said, what if, like, I didn't write the original sales page. I just did the emails. I said, okay, what's changed since last one? She's like, well, the only thing we've done is shorten the sales page. And I was like, well, there's your problem. <laughs> like they need to hear more. Obviously mm. these people at that very stage don't have enough information or they're not in the stage of awareness that they're ready to buy. You need to give them more info. Okay. Yeah. You've got to test it. And I guess that's the thing, isn't it? It's just testing everything and seeing what's yeah. working and what's not because your audience is 
going to be different to somebody else's. Absolutely. And for me as a consumer as well, I do like short copy. I'm kind of like, get to the point. Like, mm. I don't want your story. Get your story out of the way and I just want to get into it. But even then, there are definitely people I follow online who I will read every word they write because it's so entertaining and it speaks to me. I'm probably their ideal client yeah, <laughs> um, and I can tell because I'm just like, oh, I just want to read it because it's so, I'm enjoying the copy. Yeah. It's really interesting. I saw somebody, um, they did a Facebook ad actually. Yeah. And when I looked at the ad, it was possibly the longest copy I've ever seen, but it was a story. Yeah. Which I don't see a lot when it comes to things like Facebook ads. Yeah. But the engagement on it was huge. Yeah. So it's, it's just an interesting thing. Length is very, yeah, subjective, isn't it? It is. To, it is. Especially Facebook ads. I think there is a movement towards longer copy in mm. them from what I've seen. That seems to be converting better. Um, and that story aspect as well can kind of help you sneakily get past the Facebook ad filters from what I understand. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So using a story, it kind of helps because Facebook can be a little bit ruthless in terms of whether or not they'll approve an ad, whether they find it suitable for their audience. And so well, I've, I've, story. Oh, interesting. I've got a couple of ads that I need to write today, actually. So I'm going to test one oh, and do yeah. one that's a little bit longer and just say. Yeah. And that's it. It all comes down to testing. Like pop it out there and see what works. Yeah, for sure. Okay, great. So we've sorted out our brand personality. We've talked about how long or short it should be depending and testing is the way to go. <laughs> what is next? Um, okay. I would say that a lot of people apart from all of that, even if they know their personality and they know it doesn't have to be a 40 page document, they're still going to struggle to find the time to sit down and write. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the common thing. <laughs> I feel like I get into flows. So I've yeah. written, I keep talking about this. I really have to do it. I've written my book. Yeah. I just haven't finished it because I need to like go back. I've done like 50,000 words or something and I've wow. got to go back and like go over it. Yeah. It, but it's just, yeah, sitting down and being disciplined enough to like do it. I think a lot of it is mental. Like even, even for me, I write every day for clients or for myself and it's just kind of like it's almost getting out of your own way and learning a few tricks to do that. For me, yeah. I kind of, I set that 25 minute Pomodoro timer. I put on brain FM and that's it. I just force myself to start. I have the research doc open for a client. And then once I start reading over that, like for me, it's just like, I almost can't stop myself from writing. <laughs> that's awesome. And what is brain FM? Brain FM. Have you, oh my God. This is life changing. I like listen to the best of the eighties and nineties. <laughs> works but I find I can't have anything with words in it because otherwise it starts to like seep into the copy oh it's just music yeah so brain fm is like focus music yeah it's I'm like so white noise it better. it's like scientifically backed I really need like an affiliate link for brain fm at this point because <laughs> you tell everybody about it I do I'm like this is the biggest thing never I've heard ever. of it it's so good so good Okay, so people just need to find the time to write. So what is a good practice for people to get into, do you think? What's sort of, you were just talking about Brain FM and just sitting and doing it, but is there any other tips that you give people who struggle to, I guess, just do it? Yes. Uh, a lot of people struggle with that blank page and actually physically typing or writing. 
if that's really the case, if you can't get things down onto paper, try literally saying it out loud, record yourself speaking. Like if that comes more naturally to you, if you're a natural speaker and you can get your ideas out via like verbally record it like that, whatever way works, you just need to get it out of your head basically. And so if you're struggling with writing, try speaking. Yeah. And I just, I was using it this morning, actually, the new Microsoft word, if you're a PC user has got dictate on the side, like, so you just push it and then you just talk. Uh, The only thing I need to work out how, how to format it better because otherwise it just becomes a massive, just wad of text. But, um, I find it easier usually to talk. So I've tried to use that as well, just to see if I can make that work for me. Yeah. So it's just about finding that way that works for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. And what about like, I feel like I want to inject more personality into my copy, Yeah. but I just, I'm like, I struggle with that a little bit. (laughs) Oh um, yeah. A lot of people do. They like, I find that people are scared of how they're going to come across or that they're going to offend people or put off potential clients or customers. Once again, it comes back to attracting the right types of people and authenticity, as you said, like being yourself, don't go out there and, you know, throw a bunch of swear words in if that's not you. But in the same vein, like if you are naturally going to maybe drop a swear word or two in conversation in real life or on a client call, like you kind of want it to match up. You want it to be a consistent experience. So I would, yeah, I'd just get very clear on how you, what you're like as a person to interact with and how you can bring that across to your voice. Okay. Uh, And I think for me, like I, when I, I try and say it out loud so that I hope that I'm injecting more of my personality in it, like you were saying before. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, I think it's just trying to get some of those nuances and the language that you would usually use if you were saying it. Whereas I feel like when you write it, you do, do make it a little bit more formal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm trying to take that formality out, but I find it. (laughs) I think for you in particular, saying it out loud is a very good trick. Like you're going to get that natural flow as well. Like it's going to sound more natural, which people like to interact with. Um, Beyond that, even just putting together like a small tone of voice or brand voice document, like literally listing out the words that you use all the time and that you love um, and on the other side, the words that you can't stand, like literally list them out, have a list of that. Um, and you know, do you use slang? Do you swear? Do you use emojis? That sort of thing where just getting clear on what that voice looks like, it can really help you show up consistently. Yeah. That's really interesting. It's like, you know, what is the visual elements of your voice? Like when you yes. were just talking about emojis and stuff. Like I don't think I've thought about that before. Yeah. Like I, I use emojis. Yeah. But I, <laughs> That's I, actually, the other day. I love the one where it's like your mind is blown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a relatively new one. I love, I was so happy when that came out. I was like, I've needed this emoji forever. <laughs> I just didn't know it. I was about to say you, things you don't know you need. Yeah. And I actually asked clients when I'm going to write copy for them, you know, do you want emojis? Do you want me to use memes or GIFs? Like, is that, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's personality is different. What does yours look like and how can you communicate it? 
And just with that as well, like talking about injecting more personality into it, is there a way that you can, I guess we were talking about personas as well, but is there a way that you can kind of up the ante? So you were talking about the fact that you amplify Mm -hmm. Like one of the things that, well, you saw it as a negative, but I, you know, yeah, yeah, but I think (laughs) it's just working out that as well, isn't it? It's kind of saying, what do I really want to emphasize? Like if I'm going to inject more personality in, like how could that look? And maybe brainstorming around it. Like, I think it's not something that comes naturally to people, how to work this out. Yes. Um, I think one of the other, and I think you might've mentioned this in the voice episode, Mm. but looking at the brand voices that you resonate with and not just looking at them, like it's all good to have a look and be like, oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Why do you love it? And what do you love about it? Is it the short, sharp sentences or the long flowy stories? Like, is it particular words? Is it that they're using hashtags to um, make a point stand out? You know, what emojis are they using? Like get deep into it. Like make a list. And I did that at the start. It was like, go to skincare, Zoe Foster Blake. Like, yeah. oh my God, everything she writes, you're just like, oh, I want to read it. Like <laughs> it, just, it speaks to me. So it's a case of like, but why, how and why, and kind of like reverse engineering it. Oh, I just see, I love Frank body as well. Yeah. It's just like, I could never be that cool. <laughs> they are like next level. I actually, yeah. <laughs> And they get me. They sent an email out last night and I shared it to my stories as well because it got me to buy. Because it was something like, oh, it was fate. You were meant to see this email or maybe it was just someone in our marketing team. And I was like, that, <laughs> click the button, buy the product that I don't need. Like, <laughs> I love it. Good job, Frank. Yeah, I think that that is good. Yeah, I think I need to, I think I need to dissect the copy I like more. Yeah, yeah. and keep a swipe file. Like, I love... I love uh, either screen capture, screenshot, or physical. Like I have a few go-to packages. <laughs> yeah. I hold on to the package because it's actually got great copy on it. Interesting. See, I've got a swipe file of images Ooh. that I like, like sales images yeah. that, I, that kind of caught my eye or I just thought was really great. And so yeah. I've got those as like inspo, but yeah. I haven't done that with copy. Oh, absolutely start doing that. Okay. Yeah. Done. All right, (laughs) cool. And then let's talk about uh, people feeling like they are being a bit salesy. Oh, this is another one of those big ones. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, you're a business and you've got to sell, but it's how you do it. uh, Yes. So there is that like stigma, you know, the used car salesman. And it's such a like, it's a masculine thing, I think, to be extremely salesy and pushy and, you know, you've got revenue goals and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, I think as long as you are okay with, as long as you're coming from a place of service, you are helping people, um, especially in a one-to-one service-based business. Like if, as long as you know that you are going to help them, then it's not going to feel icky. And if it feels icky, you kind of need to look at like why that is. I have no problem, um, quote unquote, selling my services because I know that it's going to help my client. Like there is that transformation. There's that result they're getting at the end. Um, And I don't feel like I need to go hard on the sales either. That's the other thing. I think people, you know, it's often like, oh, I really need to do like a sales post on Instagram every third tile. And it might not be the case. Mm. You may not need to do that. 
you can do it in a way that still feels like you. Yeah. And so is there any tips that you've got around sales copy and like how people should frame it or, you know, I guess what they should do, should it be more storytelling? Should it just be more bullet pointy? Like, I mean, I know we were talking about sales pages before as well, but how do you know what sort of sales copy you should be writing or including? Yep. So it's going to come back to not only the stage of awareness, (laughs) but also like you need to be able to empathize with that person on the other end of the screen. Like it's so easy to get caught up in it just being, you know, a number on a computer, but there is another human on the other side of that screen reading that sales copy. And so firstly, having that good intention for them that you want the best for them and almost like deeply feeling where they're at and their struggle. Like if you can empathize to them with them to the point where you feel that, there's this quote by um, Rice Schwartz, who's an amazing conversion copywriter. He writes like Amy Porterfield, yeah, other no big way. names. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he says it's something along the lines of like, don't start writing until you feel like crap because you should empathize that strongly with someone. And I've had that where it's like I've poured over the research and the voice of customer data and it's just like, oh, my God, these people are struggling and this program can help them like I just want that for them and when that can come through it almost yeah it takes away that salesy part because you're also empowering them like your your sales copy can almost be transformational within itself you can help them have a light bulb moment where it's like you know they realize that the problem that they thought was internal to them is not internal to them it's not them they're not broken they're not wrong And, you know, you can empower them to take that next step. And even if it's not buying, it's like you've helped them. You've helped them just by writing that copy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And so, and just around the sales copy as well, we were talking before about, um, you know, funnels and that sort of thing. Do you have different levels of sale how how salesy you're you're being (laughs) at different stages of the sales funnel absolutely so you know if someone is just entering your funnel you're probably not going to hit them with a hard sale I would in fact I would guarantee you shouldn't be hitting them with a hard sale it's kind of like that whole asking someone to marry you on the first date yeah (laughs) and even social media like go to social media with the intention to connect with people not necessarily to sell to them. I want to show up and connect with people and teach them, educate them, help them in their business. Like that's not my spot to be like, hire me, hire me, hire me. Yeah. It's, you know, and then as they get further down this, the funnel and they've gotten to know you and like you and trust you, that's when you can, you know, start to look at making that call to action to actually buy. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw, um, I think it's Oh My Digital. Uh, It's their birthday at the moment and they sent out an email with like discounts on their stuff, but they had a few images in their stories and that. And um, and I followed them for a while and I really liked the ladies there and that. And so even even just images every now and again of just letting people know how they can work with you. Yeah. I think works like it's not a hard sell. It's not. No, just a reminder. In your face, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And especially on socials, I think having that reminder every now and then that, hey, 
you can actually hire me. <laughs> yeah, I think so as well because I think that we're so, a lot of times we are so invested in the relationship and catching up with people or seeing them and connecting with them and stuff and you yeah. kind of go, oh, yeah, like I kind of yeah. forgot that you do that or, but, yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah, or even people not knowing, and I talked about this like a week or so ago, um, people not knowing like how they can work with you or what, like what the yeah. offer is. Like, yeah. like I know that you're a copywriter, but I don't know, like, do you, what do you do? Like, is exactly. it a sales pages? Is it funnels? Is it yes. like, what is it? So, yeah. so making it clear, like here are the services I offer or the products I offer. Here's how working with me would look like what it would look like for you. Take them on that journey. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's so good. Yeah, and so I think that um, when it comes to personality-driven copy, like we sort of said at the beginning, people do want to connect, like they want to get to know you. Yeah. So I think it's worth the effort to go through the process of working all of this out. It is, and it, it can seem like a bit of a daunting process. I'm very aware of that. I know not everyone geeks out on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, I'm just like, oh, that's, is that even work? <laughs> <laughs> But it is so worth it. Absolutely. Oh, very good. Amy, they were so good. Those tips were great. We're going to share all those in the show notes as well. But do you want to just give a little bit of info for those who are on a walk or driving in the car? Where can (laughs) they find you on Insta and uh, and your website? Yeah. So Insta is at damnright, D-A-M-N-W-R-I-T-E, like writing. Yeah. <laughs> I realized recently that I have to spell that out every time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and my website's damnright.com.au. And what sort of services do you provide to clients? Yep. So I mainly focus on website copy um, and also brand personality. Imagine that. <laughs> awesome. So I'm so glad because obviously you're the right person. To <laughs> Fantastic. Well, if you want to find out any more about Amy, then obviously you can head over to the show notes. But Amy, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed recording it with Amy. We had a bit of a laugh. I did have to edit some some sections in there where I completely lost my train of thought and then we went into hysterics, but all good. That's the joy of editing your podcast. Oh, very good. Well, thanks so much for listening and being here. If you did enjoy this episode, then I'd love you to share it with your friends and community and of course leave a review on iTunes because that really helps other people to find us over here and I would so appreciate it and of course you can always follow me on social at Suze Chadwick on all platforms but I do love to hang out in stories most of the time but until next time have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.